Well, we are so blessed to be here this evening. We were very, we had uh, a lot of high expectation going on, and I know God's wanting to do something amazing here this evening. And my name's Jackie Heistead, and this is my wonderful husband, Jason. Good evening. We've been married for 13 years, and we both actually came from this area of Saskatchewan. Um, I'm originally from Wadena area. I'm sure you heard of that. And Jason? We have Wadenaites here. <laughs> yeah, Foam Lake we have here. So yeah, it's close, right? There we go. Yes, the Rays, awesome. So we're both uh, rural farming community people. We come from uh, Regina, and we're under Lighthouse to All Nations, uh, the Church of God umbrella, I guess. And uh, But it's just so important to get into a home church, and we are kind of like musicianaries, and we're called to nations. We're called to many different places God's calling us to in the marketplace, and uh, it's really neat what we're stepping into. But just want to honor the pastors here tonight and assist to pray for our leaders because they've pioneered and blazed a trail. I was raised on a farm and uh, wonderful parents, very hardworking, worked around the clock. And you know how farming is, it's a never a nine to five job. And I have a younger sibling and she, her name's Brenda. And so there's only two girls in our family. And my sister stayed on the, in the kitchen and I worked with my dad on the combine. So I was, one, I was the the daughter that did everything that would be anything outside of the kitchen. I was not a cook. When I got married, I had to ask my mom how to boil eggs. So I had a lot of background <laughs> with swathing combine, driving tractors, cultivating, all that I used to do. And I loved it because I loved the land. I loved just digging my hands in the dirt. And uh, I used to when all the hand wrestles, arm wrestles in my classroom, I was the strongest student in my class. Still there. And, uh, yep. and <laughs> still there. <laughs> and I'm very, ha I'm very proud of my heritage. And so did a lot of farm work. Went to school in Margo and I graduated. And for me, I always was a very, I guess what left or right brain person where I was very creative. So I always wrote songs, I was always creating, and I had a very tough time in school. School was extremely hard for me, and we are experiencing that with our son now. We have an 11-year-old son also. His name is Judah, Judah Elisha, and he's 11 years old, and he's, he's our miracle son, and I'll get to that down the road here. But school was very hard, and uh, had a lot of not very good memories with school because it was... A lot of I was bullied as a as a going to, as a student going to school, but with help with family and just support, it I finally graduated in grade 12, and uh, and so I just really feel for kids nowadays in in school. It's not the easiest thing, and it's harder now than it was when I was a kid. But I always wanted to go to Nashville. I was always wanted to do a music career at a very young age. And I'd always write songs in the combine or in the swather. I would sometimes end up in somebody else's field because I was so concentrated in creating. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't a barley field anymore. I'm in canola. So anyway, our neighbors understood my kind of patterns. And, uh, but I had a very supportive dad. 
he went to Nashville actually as a young as a young man as he got married and he recorded some 45 vinyl records I don't think you guys even know what that is. In the 50s, yeah. And uh, he also had an opportunity to go to Nashville, so he wrote songs and and recorded. And he found out he didn't like to be out on the road when there was a family at home. So he came back home and farmed. And as I grew older, that was a passion of mine to go to Nashville. So to his promise, he said, if, uh, when, not if I graduated, but when I graduate, <laughs> he would take me to Nashville. And he did. Went to Nashville and uh, went to see how the big lights and all the, the stars and all that stuff was there, and I loved it. And I thought, well, once I get back home, um, I'm gonna, I want to continue to pursue my career. I'll, and I more or less had a 98 Oldsmobile. I'll never forget it. Those days, they made big cars, big trunks. You could fit a lot in there. So I packed my car as full as it could get on my blue 98 Oldsmobile, put it on D for dirt, and headed south. Didn't know anybody. Uh, by yourself. By myself. Wow. People thought I was crazy, but hey, I just lived up to my reputation anyway. And uh, went to Nashville and went to the School of Hard Knocks. But that's how I learned my education. That, to me, was probably a lot easier for me because I learned by learning and through just life in general. But I was blessed with so many opportunities. I was able to meet some really cool people in my journey. Um, I, oh, let's see, you wanna hear some names? You might know some. Um, I was able to hang out with Ellen Jackson. Uh, I knew Randy Travis before he was Randy Travis. We sang at the same Nashville Palace Club. Uh, I knew Terry Clark. She was selling boots before she was Terry Clark. Uh, and, and just to interject, just to just to see how humble she is, about four years in our marriage, I come across an email on her computer, and I opened it, and it said, Michael McDonald, and there's a picture of Michael McDonald and Jackie, the Doobie Brothers, in a recording studio. She sang a duet in the studio with Michael McDonald, who yeah. everybody kind of knows so it's who really that was. Cool. So it's really cool. So I'm just like, okay, we're married four years now. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share about, you know? Anyway. I, I don't cook. <laughs> Sorry to tell you that. Not a cook. Yeah, so she was very humble about that. But, and then um, I was there in Nashville for 10 years. And so I had awesome, like, awesome opportunities. I was able to sing at the Grand Old Opry. And with Loretta Lynn and Roy Acuff and Porter Wagner, I got to meet all these wonderful people that I thought was so cool that my dad used to listen to. And, uh, and I got to do some recording, got to travel all over the U.S., and I got to live my dream. It was, I was so grateful, and I just want to encourage the youth, you have a dream, and to pursue it. Because when you look back and you didn't do it, sometimes you think, oh, what would have it been like? What would have happened? But I was one of those very strong-willed people saying, you know, I married off all my friends. They got married at 16 and 17 at that time. And I just was so strong-willed saying, I want to pursue my career. And uh, it wasn't easy, but I learned and had great opportunities. Some of my music got played in Europe and uh, got produced by the Bradleys, Harold Bradley. And uh, so it was just some really cool opportunities that I was able to do when I was in Nashville. And I didn't only do country music. I kind of got bored after a while. And then I got into R&B and blues and, 
and a little bit of rock and pop, and uh, and I learned some other instruments like percussion, bongos, harmonica. So I was very colorful in, in the music, but music is so universal. You could play and sing different styles of music. I also like, found a church in Nashville, right? Yeah, I'll get to that right away. So I was kind of unsaved at that time. Um, and when I first moved into Nashville, not knowing anything about it, I lived, I'll never forget this. I forget a lot of things, but I will not forget this. I wanted to find a place to live, and I didn't know the good town and what side was good and what side was bad. So I went, when I wrote, was driving down Dickerson Road, and there was this cool place called the Congress Inn, and it looked really cool. It looked like Washington State Building. It had pillars. You know, I thought, oh, cool. I had a kitchenette, and I could just boil my eggs there. Anyway, and, uh, and so finding out... Uh, got a room there and but at nighttime it was really noisy it was to the point where um, I think I started praying because I would be sleeping all of a sudden I hear somebody bang somebody against the wall I push them and fight them my pictures came off the wall and I found out there was drug dealers there and all kinds of things that were not like a farm country girl would usually run into but looking back I seen how protected I was by God it was just, and I didn't have no fear. I was one of those where I just had no fear. But the protection of God was so evident. And as time went on, just doing the music, I felt so empty. Being a musician, you know, music can feel to a certain point in your life. You know, that was kind of my, my fix was music. But I knew there was something that was missing in my life. And growing up, my mom went to church and she tried to, force us to go to church but we just at that time I wasn't interested and I thought God you have to show myself real or I'm not interested in being a follower of yours but um but God heard that prayer that one when I just felt there was something missing and I moved from Dickerson Road my Congress in experience and I moved into this lady that she was a Jewish lady and she was looking for a roommate and I moved in there and uh, down the street, I met this wonderful lady, and there's something about her that stood out. And she asked me to go to church with her. And I thought, well, why not? I'll, I'll go. I was searching. I was searching for something. And going into this church that was on Music Row in Nashville, right when I walked in, there was this band, and they were playing music, which I never heard before. I never heard God praised like that before. It was an experience I'll never forget, and I couldn't stop crying. I was bawling. The music was going. People were worshiping. I never seen hands raised up or, you know, people just reaching out to God and singing to him. I never experienced that before. And I was so touched. I'm like, what is these feelings? Like, I was so broken. I was so my, messed up. I had mascara and snot coming out and everything. But I didn't care because this feeling I had was like, oh my God, is this what heaven feels like? And uh, they had an altar call and, and uh, I just ran up to the stage because I'm like, I want this. I need this in my life. This is what I've been looking for. You know, when you're looking for something but you don't really know what you're looking for till you finally find it? Well, that was my moment. And I accepted Jesus in my heart. And uh, it was just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. And from that time on, Life was not easier, but you know what? I had peace in my heart I never felt before. And it was that peace that's beyond my own understanding. And so 
that was my first step into saying, you know, yes, God, <laughs> take control. Be in my life. Be my Savior. Be my God. And um, so that was my, my first step into many. <laughs> Thank you. It just gets better and better. It gets better and better when you hear it over, a little bit over and over. Well, that's really cool. Um, oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, I was, uh, let's just say I was, uh, I was adopted. Um, 19, Summer of Love, 1969. Uh, I was born in 1970. Um, my parents were both musicians. My father was, my biological father was a drummer, and my, uh, my biological mother, she was a singer. And uh, they, they, uh, they're going to get married. And when they found out, um, they went to Calgary, and uh, they're going to get married and found out they're pregnant with me. And uh, so they, uh, they ended up... Uh, going to social services, getting their birth certificate. And as they were going through that, they both find out that they're uh, biological siblings, and they didn't know that. I'll explain that to you. <laughs> really weird. Uh, when, they were, when they were kids, um, they came from a really alcoholic family in Moose Jaw. And what happened, social services had separated all the kids. So they were playing in a bar in Edmonton, and they found each other and had me out of that. So there was a lot of things that I had to work through um, growing up with the shame, rejection, everything. So I was adopted into a wonderful family near Foam Lake, Saskatchewan in 1970, and uh, which um, my mom, my, okay, I'll just say my, uh, my family in Foam Lake that adopted me um, were best friends with Jackie's grandparents that lived 20 miles away from each other. So I knew Jackie when she was about seven or eight years old. I heard her sing, actually. And as time went on, we just uh, ended up bumping into each other, um, you know, when we were about 14 or 15 or whatever, and I just knew who she was. But there was always something about Jackie that kind of stood out to me. Anyway, I'll kind of back up a bit. So um, grew up uh, playing different musical instruments, um, even in my... Even in my adoptive family, I played in a country band, and uh, my dad played piano. My my biological, not my my adopted dad played piano, and my sister, who was adopted, she played bass. And we had a family band, so music was like always there. And I had a dream, and I had a dream that I wanted to go to Nashville and wanted to be the a star. Well, didn't really want to be a star. I wanted to be a side person, and uh, so I was about 19 years old. I came home. I played in a band called Against the Grain from Yorkton here. It was with Rob Samadku, Rob McLean, uh, many years ago. Um, and uh, anyway, we're playing in Kuroki, Saskatchewan. And here comes Jackie. <laughs> and uh, the bar owner said, hey, would you two like to get up and do a, a song? And we're like, sure. And so we did our song. And uh, yeah, you could probably interject here pretty quick. But anyway... As, as we finished our song, we went back to the bar, and uh, I said to Jackie, you know, if you ever need a fiddle player or someone to back you someday, um, I said, we come to Nashville, um, would love to, love to call you. She goes, oh, sure, you know. And, and, was uh, not interested. Though. Was not interested, yeah. but anyway, I tried. No, no, I was very shy. I was a shy guy. I was uh, very shy. Um, yeah, I got, tried to set him up with up. my sister. <laughs> So uh, years ago, yeah, so 
about a year after that, or maybe a few years after that, I was playing with Farmer's Daughter in Saskatoon, and I ran into Brenda, her sister. And I asked her sister how Jackie was. And I don't know why I would do that, but it's just something, I guess it was love and sound at first sight. But anyway. Um, Stalking. But, yeah. <laughs> not really. Oh, boy. My mom would not be proud. But anyway, I always had... I would hear 100 Huntley Street when I was like 10 years old. And I, re I do remember saying a prayer when I was 10 years old, but I didn't understand salvation. But I just said the prayer. When I look back now, I realize how much more intense my life got. Because when my parents, my biological parents, were going to give me up for adoption, I just met my natural mom now uh, about seven years ago. and. They had split up. My dad had kicked her out of a car doing 40 miles an hour with me in the womb in Winnipeg. And there was many times where he wanted to, uh, abortion was talked about. And uh, my mom was thinking about abortion. And there were many times I had words spoken over that. This one old prophet in Alabama pulled me out and said, yeah, three times in your life, the enemy was really trying to take you. And someone put LSD in her drink while she was carrying me. So there was a lot of hits trying to take me out in the womb in 1970. And this is where music comes in because if you look at history and you look at country music and a lot of, you look at Janis Joplin and you look at all these people that died at 27 and all these, and the Beatles and all they, how they took music and they took what was good, right? And they, they kind of twisted it. They, they took what was good. They took, they, it was a new sound that was being released in the 60s that, that captivated a whole generation uh, away from God into rebellion. And that is what the hit was all about, where the enemy is really after musicians and minstrels. Because now we're, why I say that, because God had been revealing to me that the call in my life is to help redeem the music industry and to raise up a radical generation of worshipers that will not be afraid but they will take the gift and Amen. they'll take the gift and not put it into and not uh, what does it say in the Bible where you put your lamp on a lampstand and the light goes out and God will remove it well I don't want to be one where I'm answering to Jesus on judgment day son I gave you talent and you just stayed in a church you can worship me outside the church. Or I put something in you that's, that I want to get out around people. And he's raising up a generation where we have, we have our Justin Bieber who came out of a revival and had some things happen. But that's where a church family, that's where this comes in. We are connected to a body. So we are sent ones and not went ones. So that's why we're accountable we have people speaking in our life. So now, what's happening in our life right now is that there are doors opening up. We're moving to the United States in January with Billy Graham, Franklin Graham's group of people that own the Broadway Theater, and they want to start a worship center in Virginia, and uh, that's part of our call, is to raise up radical generation so that they can go out to the marketplace, the highways and the byways where there's people out there that don't know about church, right? And so that's what we're, that's our call of God in our life. So um, that's why we've never really fit anywhere. So in my life, trying to search for, well, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Going to all the U2 concerts, hanging out with the guys backstage. I played 
on the road, I was on the road with George Fox, Ian Tyson, you know, one country music award, fiddle player of the year, different things like that. And those are all good things. And part of it was God, he was blessing me, but what was the motivation? And it was like, it, it took my heart away. <clears throat> what, what really convicted me is when I found the Lord and I'm like, okay, um, I know how to play in front of people, but God, like, how can I play now in front of you? And I was in a place where I'm still coming out of this place. It's still really emotional. But I mean, that's where the shame, rejection part um, was part of that. But, but there was a part in my life where I wanted to play before the king. And I wanted every note and everything I did, I wanted to be pleasing to God. That was my heart. And I had things in my life I had to clean up. But there was a day where I took my violin out and I started to play. And I just started to hear what... It wasn't the tuning of 440 that we tune our instruments in. and It was a different kind of a sound. And I started to, just started to sing to that sound. And when I would release that sound, when I went to Nigeria in 2011, we amplified what I was hearing. And when I played a violin note, the whole place, it was like everybody went down into the power. It was, there were people screaming. There was so many, it was like we hit a power line and God was doing, people were getting saved and delivered and set free. And it's like, and I said, God, what, what is this? And I said, this is, it's about the new sound. So anyway, that's where I'm now learning to, in my quiet time with God, I can play to him. And then when we come out here, when we play in different places, like we just finished playing the Dakota Dunes Casino. And we were pulling people off the machines. We played in a little a little bar. It's the darkest casino, and we got sent in there, and God was saying, you need to go, and we're like, oh, okay. Um, still kind of, I love the church. I love I love worship, but he said for us to go, and we were pulling people off the machines. They were bringing in 25, 30, 40 chairs and pulling people off the machines, and the guy said, you guys are really good, but we can't have you back because we're not making any money. We're, you know, so go figure, but that was... but. But isn't that it, though? It was like, it wasn't my speaking abilities. It wasn't our talent. It was just us showing up and allowing God to say something through the songs or through the sound or touch someone. And that's whether you're a lawyer or a dentist or a farmer or a fireman, God has called you to that place. Or a pastor, like, God has put you there. Housewife. He's put you yeah, there. Totally. And he is moving in the marketplace. And I'm, and i got to share with you, I am tired of the normal, uh, I love worship, but I'm tired of the way we've been doing things. And, and, and it's not that I don't honor that. I, I try to walk in as much honor. Like we always pray and always have our leadership pray before we go. Like it's so dear to us. I, there's no Lone Rangers now anymore. Um, we're living in times where we need accountability. We need people, we need a covering. And, uh, but anyway, it's the presence of God. It's not nothing. It's not the church. It's we need the presence of God, and we've sometimes put our our man-made agendas or our sermon. And I love all that. That's all good. But we've never sometimes let Holy Spirit. Maybe He wants to talk to someone, or maybe He wants to touch someone. You know, my mom when she dedicated me to God, she dedicated me when she gave me up for adoption in Regina General, 1969, 1970, and. Uh, she found the Lord, and she goes, she dedicated me, said, whatever happens to this child, I dedicate him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
he's yours, Lord. I can't take care of him. I have no money. I'm broken. I'm at the end. But you took care of him. And just like Moses, it was just like God, you know, had Moses on an own journey. And, and it was like I got trained in the world. I got trained in the world with music. I could write music. I produced for Mind's Eye Pictures. I wrote, you know, I still write sometimes for Sastel commercials or, you know, Corner Gas. I wrote some music in that show. And a lot of television things. I still have that. But, but you know, Pharaoh's system was used to train Pharaoh. And now it's like I've taken all that, what I can, and now there's just something new that God is putting in. And as we step out, I left my job last month at CTV, $110,000 a year job, and, uh, and had no idea about Virginia and everything that's taken place. A door opened up for us to go. And uh, so, so here we are to go. So all this to say, faith is a currency. We don't know what it looks like. I have no paycheck, but we know that God is leading us. And just like he did Moses when he got to the edge of something. I mean, it's, it's you know, we can say we walk with God, but there are times where you really got to walk with God. You've got to step out. You have to take risks. You have to, you know, fear can hold you back. Fear held my destiny back. And, and uh, so in my journey, I was so blessed to, um, when I found, the, when I rededicated my life to God in 2000, and I said, I'm, I'm walking with you. So 17 years now, I've set my heart like Flint. And I haven't been always an angel in that as I've gone through healing and, and different things. But I want to say, he who finds a great wife finds favor of the Lord. Randy, Jason, all you guys, like, you know, marriage is is something very it's it's covenant and you don't turn your back when it gets tough you you stay she's got my back i've got her back and this is what we really need in this hour is just like david david wasn't perfect mikhail despised david because of his radical worship right and and we're just in an age where god's got his eye on this generation and not just the generation but abandonment hearts where it says in the word in amos 9 11 in the last days, I will raise up the David's tabernacle, and I will restore the ruins and repair all the breaches thereof, as it was in the days of old. Well, I'm a David and a Joseph, and I dream, and um, we want you to dream too. There is things that um, I just want to pray over you guys. I, I uh, just really feel that God wants to really impart some things, and, and uh, yeah, we just want to be encouragement to give you something that we've walked through just like you've given us something tonight and relationships randy like you know there's it's the beginning of something but but and all there's people in this room that i've kind of got to know diane different people and and uh they were along the way and they always supported me i know my hometown i know people always supported me and there was always love there and god was always there and he uses the, what he does is he qualifies the qualified and disqualifies the qualified, if that makes sense. So uh, anyway, I'm just so thankful that love has been in my life. And uh, I just want to say to each and every one, I love you guys in, in the brotherly, Christly love.